this isn't the real Caesar's Palace, is it? What do you mean? Did Caesar live here? Um, no. I don't think so. I went to Vegas last weekend. Pretty crazy. Vegas, baby, Vegas! Gentlemen, welcome to Las Vegas. Why don't you give me half the money you were gonna bet? Then we'll go out back, I'll kick you in the nuts, and we'll call it a day. Some guys just can't handle Vegas. Hey there, and welcome to episode number 28 of the Jeff Does Vegas podcast. My name is Jeff, and I'll be your tour guide for this podcast adventure to one of the best cities in the world, fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. For this episode of the podcast, I'm playing a little game I like to call Unpopular Unpopular Vegas Vegas Opinions. The idea is exactly what it sounds like. I'm going to share a few personal opinions on Las Vegas that other people, lots of other people, don't seem to share. The genesis of this episode came from me giving my thoughts about a well-known Vegas restaurant on a Las Vegas-related Facebook page and getting absolutely crucified for it. As I was licking my wounds, I thought to myself, hey, you know what? This might make a great topic for a podcast episode. And because I don't want this podcast to be all about me, I put it out on Twitter with the hashtag UnpopularVegasOpinions to try to collect a few from my listeners, colleagues, and friends. And you guys delivered in a big way with a ton of great responses. Here's how I'm going to run this episode. I'm going to share a few of my own opinions to start and then wrap it up with some of the highlights and lowlights that you guys sent me on social media. So without any further ado, let's get things started with unpopular Vegas opinion number one. Hash House A Go-Go is terrible. This is actually the opinion that got me in trouble initially and gave me the idea for this episode of the podcast. Every Vegas-related Facebook page that I go on, people are raging about how awesome Hash House A Go-Go is. They rave about how great the food is, they talk about how awesome everything tastes, and they recommend it to everyone. They claim that it is a must-try. And it's not just Facebook either. The place has solid five-star reviews on TripAdvisor, Yelp, and Google. And I have no idea why. Honestly, I really don't get the fascination with this place. I've eaten there and was vastly underwhelmed. The wait to get in is pretty much always ridiculous. The food was mediocre at best. The portions are stupidly massive and pretty much impossible to finish. And at the risk of sounding like a total snob, the presentation is terrible. In fact, it was a comment I made on the presentation at Hash House of Go-Go that actually got me kicked off of a Las Vegas Facebook page. Someone had posted a photo of the biscuits and gravy that they'd ordered with the caption, doesn't this look amazing? So good. So delicious. My response, "Uh, waiter, can I have a new plate? Someone appears to have vomited on this one. Next thing I knew, I couldn't post in that group anymore, but I'm not losing sleep over it. I do have to say, though, it was nice to see that so many others on social media shared my thoughts on Hash House A Go-Go. There were plenty of folks who responded to my initial Facebook and Twitter posts with the same reaction. I think the best comment came from Heather Nielsen, who said, quote, it's the epitome of American gluttony and obesity, which I have to say, I think pretty much nails it. Next, unpopular Unpopular Vegas Vegas opinion number number two. two. Secret pizza isn't the best pizza in Vegas. Yes, another food-based opinion. I know, shocking coming from this fat kid, but I will defend this one to the death. Where to find great pizza in Vegas is probably one of the most common questions that I see posted online. And inevitably, someone will bring up secret pizza at the Cosmo, claiming it's the most amazing pizza they've ever had. 
For those not in the know, Secret Pizza is located on the third floor of the Cosmopolitan Hotel. There's no signage marking it, and all you have to do is look for the hallway decorated with album covers. Go down that hallway, and boom, you've found what some will claim is the best pizza in Las Vegas. Here's the thing. I'm not going to try to deny that Secret Pizza is good pizza. I personally have enjoyed several slices there myself. However, I enjoy it for what it is. Late night, stumbling back to the hotel, drunk and desperate for something to eat pizza. If you're saying that this is the most amazing pizza you've ever had, I'm seriously going to question your pizza judgment. And to claim that it's the best pizza in Las Vegas, well, that's just a straight up lie. If you're sober and after some really great pizza, here's my recommendations. Try out Evil Pie downtown on Fremont Street, Giordano's at Bally's or Pizza Rev over by Palace Station Casino. All right, moving on. Unpopular Vegas opinion number three. Not everyone deserves a tip. All right, before people start calling me all kinds of names, accusing me of being cheap and calling me a tightwad, I just want to say this. I have no problem with tipping when it's deserved. However, it's starting to feel more and more like you can't go anywhere in Las Vegas without people having their hands out looking for a tip. I totally get it. Vegas is a service-oriented city, and I've been going there long enough and often enough to understand that people are busting their humps to try to earn a decent living. So who will I tip? Well, I'll tip servers in restaurants, bartenders, and cocktail waitresses with no hesitation. That, of course, is provided that the service has justified a tip. If the service is excellent, I'm tipping at least 20%. If it's just good, I'm tipping 15%. Anything less than that, I'm probably tipping 10%, but I'm having a conversation with a manager to explain why. If I'm ever lucky enough to win a hand-paid jackpot on a slot machine, I will gladly tip the slot attendant who brings me my winnings. And if I ever work up the nerve to sit down at a table game, I'll tip the dealer because I understand that that's just common courtesy. I'll tip rideshare drivers a minimum of $5, and considering that my average ride is usually around $10 or $11 before the tip, I think that's pretty damn good. If the ride is longer or more expensive, I'll tip a little bit more. Of course, if the ride isn't great, for example, the driver is driving like a lunatic and happens to be a raving racist, yes, that actually happened to me, I will adjust my tip accordingly. I'll tip the front desk check-in clerk if they go out of their way to do something extra for me. For example, if they upgrade my room without me asking or do something special for me like giving me a certain view or a high floor room that I've asked for. I'll leave a tip for housekeeping at the end of my stay. Generally, on a four-night stay, I'll usually only have housekeeping in the room once, and that's mainly just to collect the garbage and give me some new towels. I tend to keep a pretty clean room. If I'm having to store bags with the bell desk, either at the beginning or the end of a trip, I'll usually only tip when I'm picking up the bags, and I'll tip a little bit better than I would if I was tipping when both dropping off and picking up. So the big question then, who am I not tipping when I'm in Vegas? Well, I tend to follow the rule of, if I wouldn't tip you at home, I'm probably not tipping you in Vegas. For example, Starbucks. I tend to keep it pretty simple when I go to Starbucks. I'll usually grab a a venti pike place with room for cream or a venti iced coffee with cream and vanilla sweetener. That's it. Simple stuff. Easy peasy. If I was one of those obnoxious people ordering a half-calf frappuccino, one-pump chocolate, half-pump vanilla, no foam, heated to exactly 127 degrees drinks, then yeah, I would probably give a tip for your trouble. But otherwise, no. 
I'm also not tipping for fast food. Sorry, but no. I was absolutely blown away the first time I hit up a Subway to grab a sandwich and was presented with the tip option on the pin pad. Since then, I've seen that pop up in a few other unexpected locations. Again, just no. And finally, unpopular Unpopular Vegas Vegas opinion opinion number number four. four. Resort fees really aren't that big of a deal. I feel like this one is going to get me in a lot of trouble, but that's okay. That's why they're called unpopular Vegas opinions. In the interest of full disclosure, I'll start by saying this. When I stay at Caesars Properties, which is almost all the time now, I don't pay resort fees. I'm a diamond tier member with Caesars Rewards, but I achieved that level by buying into the Founders Card program. I paid approximately $400 a year for a two-year commitment and as such automatically received diamond status as a benefit of that program. However, prior to 2019, I was paying resort fees on all my Vegas stays. Listen, I get it. Resort fees suck. It's no fun seeing an additional 40 to 50 bucks a night tacked on your bill, especially since nobody really knows exactly what it is you're paying for. The hotel claims it's for things like Wi-Fi, gym usage, local calls, and boarding pass printing, but don't give you the option to opt out of the fees should you decide you don't want to use any of those services. And it really sucks when you think you've landed an awesome hotel deal of $35 a night, only to see that rape jump up to $90 a night with all the fees added on. But let's just think about this for a second. You're potentially paying $90 a night to stay in a hotel in one of the most exciting cities in the world. I don't know about you, but I think that that's a pretty damn good deal. Now, to test this theory, I did a little research online and thanks to Trivago, found a list of the 2019 year-to-date average daily rates or ADR for hotels in various cities across the U.S. And here's what I found. Los Angeles averages about $157 a night. Seattle, $161 a night. New York City, $188 a night. San Diego, $144 a night. San Francisco, $192 a night. And keep in mind that resort fees aren't limited to Las Vegas. Across the aforementioned cities, the average resort fee was approximately $25 a night. So you can add that number onto those ADRs. So what about Las Vegas? Well, as per the Trivago numbers, the average daily rate for 2019 so far is $117 a night. Add on an average $35 a night resort fee, keeping in mind that this includes both on and off strip properties, and you're in for about $152 a night, which is less than any of the other cities I previously mentioned. Here's my advice when it comes to resort fees. Do your research when booking a room, read the fine print in terms of conditions of your booking, and simply build the cost into your Vegas budget. Resort fees, as we know them, might be changing, but let's be honest, they're not going away anytime soon. They're simply too big of a revenue source for resort properties. As I told you during Vegas News You Can Use, various state attorney generals are starting to launch lawsuits against hotel chains that charge resort fees, but the most likely outcome is that they'll simply change the way the fees are disclosed or they'll simply increase rates to include the fees as well as the increased commissions that they're going to be paying out to the third-party booking agencies. Now, 
All of this being said, if you want to fight back against resort fees or try to get out of paying them entirely, go back in the archives and check out episode number 21 of the podcast and my interview with Lauren Wolf of killresortfees.com. And that concludes my own personal unpopular Vegas opinions. All right, on to the social media responses I received. Before I start sharing, though, I want to thank everyone who replied with their own unpopular Vegas opinions. It was awesome to see everyone jumping in on this topic. And frankly, as a podcaster, it's fun to know that my audience is engaged and interested in being a part of the show. I look forward to doing more of that in the future. Now, keep in mind that all of these opinions are totally subjective and it's totally okay to disagree with them if you so choose. To start off with, people had some pretty strong, unpopular Vegas opinions on the topic of restaurants and bars. Here's a few of the responses I received on social media. And again, feel free to disagree with these unpopular opinions if you so choose. Pizza Rock is just okay. Certainly not the best pizza in Las Vegas, not even the best pizza in downtown Las Vegas. Wicked Spoon isn't the best buffet by far, and I actually got more enjoyment eating at Main Street Buffet. I've never understood In-N-Out burgers. It's okay at best. I'm hungry a half hour later, and the fries taste like wet cardboard. I don't think Peppermill is worth the Uber ride. Buffets are disgusting. They're unsanitary, and the quality is usually mediocre at best. Those icy slushy drinks are trash. Batista's hole in the wall is pure garbage with terrible service. The chandelier bar at the Cosmopolitan is overrated, overpriced, and gaudy AF. And we all know what the AF stands for. And I think this was probably my favorite reply coming from my pal Mark Anderson, aka Vegas for Pennies on Twitter. Mark simply said, The stage door is a shithole. <laughs> Moving on to the world of hotels and resorts, there's a few hotels that usually come up as great spots to stay in Vegas, and people are usually pretty quick to recommend them. However, when you go looking for unpopular Vegas opinions, those places are going to get shot down. For example, the Cosmopolitan is overrated and is just okay. Bellagio is meh and nothing more than a three and a half star hotel. The Win. Clearly well-appointed and finished, but devoid of any atmosphere. Now, there were also a few cases of people having unpopular opinions of hotels that generally overwhelmingly get shat all over on by online reviewers. A few examples? Excalibur is a nice place to stay. I don't know why people keep crapping on Excalibur. 90% of the people who bitch about the Rio have clearly never been there. It's definitely getting run down, but not as bad as people make it out to be. And Circus Circus is not a bad hotel. For the price, you're getting a great deal, and it's family-friendly. I'm thinking that last one is a very unpopular Vegas opinion. People also had a few unpopular opinions about corporate Vegas. Michael James responded on Twitter by saying, Here's an unpopular Vegas opinion. Major resorts like MGM, Caesars, Boyd, and Stations are corporations who are in business solely to make a profit, preferably increasing year over year. They aren't there to give you free stuff, and they aren't there to be concerned with your finances. And believe it or not, I actually had someone agree with me with regards to resort fees. Jason Zamonsky wrote, 
Even with resort fees, Vegas hotels are the best value and quality in America. And finally, a few random unpopular Vegas opinions that popped up. Downtown Vegas is not a better time than the Strip, which was immediately countered with skip the Strip. It's a soulless, overrated money pit. Another commenter wrote, contrary to popular opinion, Vegas is not getting too expensive. It's all relative. Plenty of comp rooms to be had, travel site discounts, free entertainment, etc. You just have to know where to look. And for one last unpopular Vegas opinion, let's hit the topic of kids. Cringer1 on Twitter wrote, people are going to hate me for this one, but I've been taking my kids, now 14 and 16, for almost 10 years, and there is so much for us to do as a family. Best memories of my life, without a doubt, always been our thing. That should get people plenty riled up. If you've got your own unpopular Vegas opinion and care to share, or you want to check out some of the other ones that were posted, check out the threads on Twitter and Facebook at Jeff Does Vegas. Right, that brings to an end another episode of the podcast. As usual, if you've got feedback on this episode of the show or any other episode for that matter, or you're looking for ideas for your own Las Vegas vacation on where to stay, where to eat, what to do, or what shows to check out, feel free to reach out on social media. As mentioned, I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Jeff Does Vegas. Also, you can email me directly if you like at Jeff at WalkerNewMedia.com. In the meantime, thank you so much for listening. Make sure you subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts so you'll be notified the instant new episodes are uploaded. And be sure to head to JeffDoesVegas.com for past episodes and show notes. My name is Jeff, and this has been episode number 28 of the Jeff Does Vegas podcast, a Walker New Media production. <laughs>